Welcome to the Linux Dynasty Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara. This is another special preview of some of the content over at AnalyxDynasty.com for, for all the subscribers over there. I do a Dynasty Daily Podcast, one podcast each day, 388 podcasts in this year of 2021. Uh, and one of the things that we do is uh, each Thursday, we look at some trades, Trade Thursday. And uh, this week I did 30 different trades focusing on quarterback position primarily and some of the pivots. Uh, we incorporate some of the strategies from Analytics Dynasty 2022 edition in this um, and then some of the broader concepts that we talk about. So I think this is a good podcast in terms of thinking about stuff strategically through the lens of some trades. Again, it's just 30 trades. I just walk through 30 different trades um, and think about some of the strategies that we uh, employ uh, whether it's in the book, uh, you know, for subscribers and some of the other content that we have, uh, you know, constantly trying to upgrade our teams and, and make them better. So you go ahead and check that all out over at analyticsdynasty.com. Become a subscriber. Uh, join our group me chat. Constantly going. Uh, and it's it's really is a lot of fun uh, talking with everyone in there, constantly talking trades, um, talking team building uh, and the like, talking players, rookies uh, at this point, startup drafts. I mean, it's just it's, it's ongoing and never stops. So um, you can go check that all out. Um, Analyticsdynasty.com. Check out the link in the show notes uh, to get into the uh, subscription. Go check out the book, Analytics of Dynasty 2022 edition. A lot of team building stuff. Uh, a lot of mistakes that I've made along the way that can help you. Um, and that's really, I think, one of the big things that have been uh, a takeaway for me is here are mistakes. I don't want you to make them. And then I write about them. So you go check all that out, analyticsdynasty.com, and enjoy this podcast. Until next time, continue embracing the variance. We'll talk again very soon. Welcome to the Analytics of Dynasty Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan McNamara. We're diving into 30 Dynasty trades for today, uh, your Thursday edition. And I just wanted to sort of run down. I just got looking at these, and there's a lot of themes in here in terms of specific price points on specific moves that we've talked about throughout AOD. We've talked about in the group chat. Uh, and we've talked about uh, in the book. And I think that some of them are really interesting. So, uh, Trevor Lawrence for uh, Trevor Lawrence, CD Lamb, and Darnell Mooney for Russ and CMC. I mean, just take out the, you know, just set aside the quarterbacks for a second at CMC versus Lamb and Mooney. Give me the CMC side, and I think Russ is a better quarterback than than Lawrence. Right? I think it's probably close in terms of what the market would do. I think that that's something that we're probably not in a great position to do a ton of those deals because we're not really in on the Lawrence Lamb side of that. But it's it's a, a, a notable um, – I think this really increases your your ceiling uh, from both the – and your floor. Right? There's, a, there's a big difference here in terms of what you can accomplish from this. I like the Russ-CMC combination. It's a, it's a high-powered one. Uh, Lawrence in a 2022 first for Herbert. It almost doesn't matter where that pick is. I would do the Herbert side. Lawrence, Elijah Mitchell, Brandon Ayuk, uh, first and a second for Mahomes. This is getting pricey, but again, we start looking at this and you start kind of equating how many firsts, right? Uh, maybe it's three and a half or four, something like that. But listen, this is a classic. I think this is a this is a Daryl Morey trade. You don't let... Um, you know, role players. You don't let wide receiver 30s get in the way of getting the best player in Dynasty. You just, uh, you know, you don't let wide receiver 30s or running back 20s, right? If you add them up and you're like, man, that's a lot to give up. But when you take a step back, this is going, 
you know, core asset, core asset, maybe, um, you know, contributing asset here, right? To, all the way up to Supermax, like the best one, right? You do that, right? That's what you do, right? Uh, you know, I keep thinking in, in my mind about that trade and it's, hey, if you don't have the, you know, two of the, the this is the hardened trade. If you don't have two of the top, uh, you know, 15 players, right? Anything else you do doesn't much matter. And I, I think that a lot about getting stars in Dynasty. Um, and you're not paying a future asset, which is even better. Right? You're paying you're paying for it up front, paying for it in cash now. You're not paying for it on credit. I, I like those deals. Uh, Lawrence and Gallup for Watson and Hopkins. You get the advantage at the Hopkins side for the receiver. And listen, I know that there's risk on the Watson side. Maybe you don't necessarily have to do this deal this week. Um, and I wonder if you wait a couple weeks, if, if that deal gets a little bit better, right? That would be the thing that I would look at. Uh, maybe the timing on this one isn't ideal, but ultimately I think Watson's going to come back and play. And if that's going to be the case, um, I'm going to smash the Watson side on this. Rogers, Kareem Hunt, and George Kittle for Lawrence, uh, first and uh, third this year. Again, I think the picks, where the picks are, probably doesn't much matter um, all, that, all that much, really. Um, you know, when you look at it, I kind of analogize these just kind of in price points. This is Lawrence for Kittle. This is Hunt for the third, and this is Rogers for the first. If you sort of kind of were just to pick and pick and choose kind of price points, I mean, give me the Rogers side on that. That's kind of how I view that one, um, which is, you know, it's, it gets more complicated if you're just trying to do it interpositionally and, you know, there's this price versus that price. Like, I just think go most expensive to least expensive on this deal because there is a quarterback on both sides, so you don't have to – get super complicated about it and you just say, Hey, listen, I kind of like all of the guys on the, the Rogers hunt and Kittle side versus the respective costs on the other side of that. I mean, that's kind of an easy one, even though it looks complicated on its face. I think that's a different way to look at it. Again, that's two PPR for tight ends, Lawrence and Judy for Dak and sermon. I mean, uh, you really have to think highly of, of Judy, like top 10 wide receiver to be on that side of this, right? You really have to be that side. And so give me the Dak side. Again, I think Sermon is largely superfluous to this deal. Dak in a 2022 second for Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence, and a 2022 third. Which of these things is going to change the course of your dynasty team? Right, A rookie quarterback that, frankly, I like in Mac Jones. Like, I think he's, a, he's probably a good player. right? But is his ceiling anything more than maybe like a like in a best-case scenario? Is he Kirk Cousins? In a best case scenario, and, and again, I like Kirk Cousins. This is this is me complimenting guys that I'm interested in and I like. Uh, and then you're basically putting, you know, Trevor Lawrence. Um, uh, again, you need an elite outcome, and maybe that happens, right? And I could be wrong. I could be on the wrong side of the Lawrence ones, but historically, uh, I'm on the like. If I do these deals, right? If this is the same situation, we do this for ten years. You're on the Dak side of this deal. You're constantly on the right side. And that's, I think, a lot of how you have to play Dynasty, right? When there's 60-40 bets, you have to take the 60 side, right? You have to do that. And is there a 40% chance you lose? I think it's lower than that, right? I think it's. I don't think it's that high, but you sort of get the idea. When you can just keep adding up the 60 side of bets, and we, we kind of know that, right, with the numbers. We kind of know that that's where um, almost at worst that would be. I think you got to take the that you have to take that you have to do the 60 40 side um you know even if it's quote not popular you have to do those deals and i i'm, I'm a big fan of that as well 
Um, uh, next one here is uh, Mahomes uh, for uh, Lawrence, Devonta Smith, a 2022 first and a 2022 third. Again, you don't let wide receivers in that range get in the way of making deals, right? If this is 101, right, even then you still do this deal, right? I just, I mean, you, you, you use your rookie picks and this is a, you, you think about these players as assets um, and you use them for the purpose of getting players that make a huge difference, right? That is what you just did with that pick, right? And that honestly, that first is probably early because of your decision to hold on to Lawrence for a year. So you're sort of getting that back a little bit. So I would, I like that one quite a bit. Lawrence Etienne, um, Elijah Mitchell, a 2022 first, a 2022 second for Allen and Kelsey. Uh, I started doing kind of the math on this, and then I just stopped, and I was like, it's Allen and Kelsey, right? Again, there's a huge gap between Lawrence and and Allen. This is two PPR for tight end. And so you start looking at this. I think I said Elijah Mitchell. I meant Elijah Moore. Um, you start looking at this again. It's it's a, it's a wide receiver in the 20s or in the teens uh, of ADP who hasn't hit. And so you already know that you discount that in terms of a production profile. Um, and you say, okay, like where is that versus Kelsey? It's way behind, right? You start adding up picks there. And I don't know. If, it's, if that's Elijah Moore in a 2022 first for Kelsey valuation, just like kind of assume that's true. Um you know, then you're looking at Lawrence and Etienne in a second for Allen. Like you smash the Allen side. Right? Again, you you just start looking at the ways that these are put together. You take the Allen side. Herbert, Pollard, and Mike Williams for Fields, Chubb, Chuba Hubbard, and Goddard. Um, I think the uh, – excuse me, uh, Ch- DJ Chark and Goddard. Uh, so Fields, Chubb, Chark, and Goddard. This one's interesting because this is, again, this is 2 PPR. I can see – the scenario in which you're like, all right, like, listen, Fields, Chubb, and Goddard, like, again, I could see how that side wins. And I could see on the other side, like, paint this sort of pessimistic side of the, of the Herbert deal. Like, you could say, hey, this is purely Herbert. You got, like, an injury away running back. It's largely replaceable. You got a wide receiver who, frankly, he's been, like, like, I think he's interesting from more of, like, an NFL ancillary receiver more than he is, or, you know, a second receiver. I'm not I'm not insulting him, but he's just really not a huge volume fantasy guy. And you could say, all right, like, the three, you know, players three, uh, two, three, and four in this deal are on the other side. Um I think that that's all true. The question that I would have to ask yourself in this deal is if you turn back and look back in in two years, what, how is the the Fields, Chubb, and Goddard side going to make it like you regret being on the Herbert side of this? I think you could regret being on the Herbert side of this one. This is one where I said I actually paused and thought about this one quite a bit. Um, it needs Goddard to take a huge step, right? I think it needs Chubb into his late 20s to play really well. And again, I I don't even think that's like running back like 8 to 12 well. Like you need him to play better than that. You need Fields to be a superstar. Um, I think all those things are possible. Again, I think maybe if two of them happen, it gets pretty close to a deal and nothing happens on the other side of that one. Um, You know, but I, I think... I think I would still lean the Herbert side. Again, this one made it a little bit closer um, uh, for me. 
I think if I got the field side, I would be thinking about, all right, how can I pivot fields? You know, how can I pivot fields and try and get, you know, basically view this as you basically kind of view this deal instead of it being a, a fields for Herbert centric deal. You view this deal as a Pollard and Williams for Chubb and Goddard centric deal. You, you're basically trying to convert those pieces. Then you take the fields piece and say, all right, what can I add to fields to get a different quarterback? Can I go from fields to Dak? And right, that basically becomes the difference between, you know, kind of the ancillary pieces on that. That would kind of be how I'd pivot that. I wouldn't necessarily stop. If I was going to take the field side of this, I wouldn't stop at fields, right? I would then look and, and spend the next six months trying to figure out how I get better than fields. That would sort of be my angle on it. And if you're going to play that game, it's fine to do that. You got to be careful you're not holding like a, a mortgage uh, back securities that's gone broke, right? Like think margin call. Um, you don't want to do that, but you, you, you can do this deal to make it work. That would sort of be my philosophy on how to, if I wanted to be on the field side, I could do it. How would I be on the field side? Like that's how I would think about it. Like it has to be part of, it's basically a big three-way trade. It's basically what you're thinking about. Like, all right, this is going to be, I'm going to probably try and make a pivot would sort of be my angle because here's the problem to be right on the Chubb and Goddard side. You have to be right now, right? You can't be, Fields is quarterback 15, right? You kind of have to be, like, you need to align a Fields contending window with a Chubb contending window. And, you know, otherwise you're you're pointing, you know, otherwise you're circular firing squatting yourself and you're just not really doing it effectively. So um, again, that's trade 10 of this. So we'll speed it up here a little bit, but I do, I thought that one's, there's a lot of moving pieces here in terms of theory. I think that one's a really interesting one. Uh, Fields and Christian Kirk for Russell Wilson and Mari Cooper. Um, I would take Wilson over Fields, and I'd take Cooper over Kirk, so give me both sides of that. Uh, Fields in a 2022 first for Dak. Give me Dak. Again, I think you might be able to do get more than that would be the thing that I would think about with that. But again, go back to that other deal for a second. Just take a step back and say, all right, like if we wanted to go, you know, kind of think of that as one big cascade deal, right? Herbert Pollard. Uh, in, in Williams, right, for Fields, uh, Chubb, Chark, and Goddard. And then you say, all right, I'm actually going to trade a first and and get uh, in Fields and get Dak, right? Then all of a sudden you're giving basically Herbert and a first for Dak, Chubb, Goddard, right, and a couple of ancillary pieces in there like in Pollard and, and Mike Williams. I'd feel better about that, even if it's a little bit of an overpay for, for Dak. Like if that's kind of how you feel about the Chubb-Goddard side, I think that would be an interesting way to go about it. Like that would be kind of the pass-through that I would do. Fields Cam Akers and a 2022 first for Dak Prescott. I think this one's uh, – you're I, I still think ultimately like you would – you know, if this is like a later first – Right, I think that the the location on that first. Some of these are going back into like, you know, early February and January before the rollover. That's where I'm getting a lot of these quarterback trades. Um, I think the location might matter a little bit. The other thing I would say is like, can you can you, um, you know, I think Acres is falling a little bit, and I think really how you think about Acres in this deal is a big deal, right? If you're like, hey, he's a top ten guy. He's like, okay. Or if you could think about him as like, hey, if you're, if you're thinking like, just again, going back to some concepts that we did before, like, hey, this is a core asset type of deal, right? And, and I, I know we'll have, we'll have some of the core asset stuff coming up, the hierarchy of, of assets and the like coming up in the next week or so in terms of content. We'll sort of talk about all that. But again, we talk about trying to preserve core assets. You basically are doing that with this deal, 
he basically he kind of lost acres acres kind of pivoted like around in value a little bit and he comes back and now he's like back to a spot where you can go from you know you can go from a core quarterback a core pick in a first round pick a core running back in acres up to a supermax and so you're thinking about like three core assets for a supermax and i i sort of think about them as it's not entirely congruent but it's basically i think it costs two to move up to the next level so you're basically going you basically kind of get a little bit of a discount in that jump right you're going from fields um you know, acres and the first as three core assets to basically the super max tier, which is kind of like the equivalent of four core assets. Again, I don't think it's entirely the same. You do have to keep market value in mind, but that idea, right? I think a lot of that depends on how you view acres. If you're like, Hey, acres is like a top 10 guy. Maybe you think otherwise. Um, but I think if you're sort of looking back over the court last year, again, there's some sunk cost stuff in there. I think I think a little bit about it, how it matters how you think about these guys um, in terms of the construct, and maybe there's a different way to do it. But I think it's interesting as a as kind of a hierarchy of needs, like jumping off point, how you think about this deal. Again, is there room for other stuff on the coming back? Right? Is there room for a tight end? Is there room for a later pick? Is there room for a pick swap? You know, is there? I don't like doing three for one deals as it is, right? So I, that would be the other thing that I would think about is like, how do I make this sort of better if I'm getting the DAC side? Because I think you can get better than this just for the DAC side. Again, if the picks two one twelve run and do it, it would be sort of what I would say if it's one oh one. I think we have to have a little bit more conversation, but um, that would sort of be the way that I would think about that. I think where that specific pick is again, I don't know because this happened like in I think in January. Um, so we don't know where the pick is in, in relation to to the the entire or the rookie draft. But I think it's interesting. Uh, Fields, Acres, and two twenty twenty two first for Josh Allen again. They're just pouring it on. And if you think like, you know, is Josh Allen worth a first more than Dak? I think a lot of people would say yes. Um, and so it's basically kind of the same deal again. I think can you get? Do you have to give this much? Would sort of be the other thing. Like if 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 the Allen owner is asking or the Allen GM is asking as much like to pivot to the like pivot to the um you know the Mahomes person or pivot to the Herbert person or you know pivot to the you know in this case like I don't know if it's it's probably not the same league but pivot to the DAC person right like I would think that would be right because now you're getting into the four first maybe even more than that territory for Allen and down class like if they're later first like I think you think about that differently um you know, I think you have to keep your roster construct in mind too in terms of your contending window. So those would be just some of the stuff that I would think about with that one. Um, all right, now let's look at some Trey Lance ones. Trey Lance, Vermont, Gumry, Renfro, Mariota, and Fournette. And the thing I'd say about this one is, is I, like I think automatically, just by the construct of this one, you you take the Fournette side, or you, excuse me, you take the Lance side, right? So you take the quarterback in this you're you're not paying a quarterback you're getting a core quarterback asset again do i feel great about the core quarterback no but can i use the core quarterback and pivot to stafford right it sort of gets me into a whole different category of different trades that i can make now that i have the quarterback i i, I love this from that angle right you're basically trading you know you're basically you're trading montgomery um who's probably a core guy to to Lance, depending on how you really view Montgomery. Um, but I think in terms of just 
market value, it's a big time difference. So you kind of do that and you don't let Renfro or Mariota or the like kind of get in your way. So um, that would sort of be the thought on that one. Again, then, and you, this is really a four for four trade too. Remember that just because you're getting four people doesn't mean that you're, you're not giving up something on the other side. So, and this does look like a, it's a safe leagues format. So again, 28 person, like that's, there's probably people on the back end of that deal you're giving up. That's you don't want to give up. So um, that are, you know, the rough equivalent of like a Mariota. So just sort of keep that in mind as well. Uh, Lance for Watson, Corey Davis, and a second. Uh, you do the Watson side. Again, can you wait? Does this deal – the thing that I would ask you about this one is does this deal get better or how much worse does it cost you, right? Is, is it if if Watson's exonerated and the NFL announces he's not getting suspended tomorrow, are they equivalent? And then you ask yourself, like, all right, was it worth sort of the risk of Corey, were Corey Davis in the second worth the, worth the risk? I think that's a question you have to – again, I, I am the – you kind of – you don't let, like, lesser assets get in the way of acquiring Watson. Um, that's kind of how I think about this. Um, you know, so that would sort of be my, my angle on it. Um, and so I would probably, I would do the Watson side of this and I understand that there's risk, but listen, there's, there's risk in holding Lance and that he's not going to become anything, right? Like if Watson comes back in play, which I really feel, I'm feeling more and more confident with every day he doesn't get charged with a crime. Um, like I know that he's good, right? He's, he's the active all time, you know, he's the active career leader in yards per attempt. I know that he's a good quarterback. I don't know that about Trey Lance, right? So I think I'm making, I'm really making a, hey, is Watson available? And there's multiple ways that Lance would have to beat me, right? He would have to start. He would have to be better. Uh, he would have to be good. And that would have to be better than Watson, right? And I, I think that a lot of that stuff is unlikely. So give me the Watson side on that. Again, again that's just how I view those ones. Lance and Swift for Mahomes, smash. Uh, Lance and Elijah Mitchell for... Dak and Dearness Johnson. Again, I don't like, I think Elijah Mitchell's fine, but we could recreate that with some injury away guys. Give me the Dak side. I'm sure that's probably an AOD subscriber. If I had to bet, if, if you're an AOD subscriber, like, let me know if you made that. That's trade 18. Let, let me know because I bet you that's an AOD subscriber. Uh, Mac McLaurin and a 2022 first for Dak Prescott. Uh, that's Mac Jones. Um, again, I, I love that. Right. And I, I'm really thinking I'm going back on the Mac Jones aspect of, uh, of last year's draft and thinking about like that decision. And I do think a guy like Mac Jones, even if he's like at a best case scenario, if he's like Matt Ryan or at a best case scenario, he's like, which is really good, by the way, that's not, that's no knock on, on Matt Ryan, by the way, Matt Ryan's really good, um, and was in his prime. Um, but not elite. That's kind of the, you know, uh, good in, in, in the sense of like, Hey, who's like the worst quarterback that can really get you to a Super Bowl and kind of win it for you. Um, like Ryan was kind of right on that line is always kind of really been the, the debate line there. Um, so again, I, I kind of like Mac Jones, but I think about Mac Jones a lot as an asset and you're like, Hey, there's a lot of stuff that you could do for him. And, and the other thing about Mac Jones is he kind of allows you by taking him in the mid first. And we have to think about this this year, again, price sensitive and the like, even if you don't necessarily love the asset for all of eternity, if you're thinking about it over the next 12 months, you allow someone who has a rough go of it at quarterback or has a rough go of it this year, you allow them that hope 
by having them on the roster that you can trade them, right? And I did the Mac Jones for Devontae Adams trade, right? And Devontae Adams helped me get to a championship, um, right? I think about that a lot and about how, you know, ultimately what's the ceiling for Jones? What's the, you know, what's the production profile look like for Jones? I don't know if it, if it's a huge difference maker, but it, it allowed me to get a huge difference maker, right? Which I think is a, 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 is a different part of that. I think you, you, when you make a decision like that, you really have to have in mind what your play is. Um, and that would sort of be the thought that I would have with some of these guys that aren't necessarily great base rates quarterbacks. Again, I, that's not a place you want to get into a lot of business, but I think in terms of like selective stuff, again, if this is a, if this is a scenario this year where, you know, you're taking, you know, round three running backs or first round quarterbacks that aren't in the top 10 or, you know, day two wide receivers, you don't necessarily like, like, you know, I, I think you're going to kind of just plug, you know, plug your nose, cover your eyes and just select the quarterback is probably what I'm, what we're leaning towards. And then, you know, listen, if they show promise, like you have outs and you can take them, right. You can, you can take, you don't have to hang on and say, all right, I, I got a 36 month time window. I got to see how the, he turns out. Like you can just, you can, you can flip it. Uh, looking at the Mac Jones stuff, I'll continue to watch Mac Jones. And I got a couple more here, but I, I definitely think that that's one that's interesting. Again, Mac Jones from Mac Jones, McLaurin, 2022 first for Dak. Give me the Dak side. Right. But I think that that's the type of thing right? you're not letting a mid teens to twenties, Wide receiver get in the way, you know, even if the pick is, you know, 103, something like that, you're still taking the Dak side, right? That's, I think that's good. That's a really, really good deal for Dak. Mac Jones, Damian Harris, Keyshawn Vaughn, a 2022 first and a 2022 third for uh, Herbert. I mean, you, you do that, right? I mean, you do, you do, you run to do that, right? That's the, that would be kind of the angle there. Mac Jones for Hopkins. I don't love that one per se, right? That's the, that's the other side of the deal where I say, okay, you, now you're sort of kicking that away, right? You have this sort of piece and now you're kind of like, all right, I'm going to sort of laterally move it. I think if you're going to laterally positionally move a quarterback, that's like in the starting window, even if he, Mac Jones probably isn't going to make your world, someone else is probably going to think that like, Hey, like I, this is like, I, I got really got something for the next 15 years. Like you kind of have to play into that, right? We kind of are like, all right, like I, Mike Jones is interesting. It's kind of like, I kind of like, Hey, I, I, I like that story. Kind of like the way I like Amon Ross St. Brown. Like I, that's a good story. Like, yeah, it's, it's better than we explained. Look, the fifth guy off in rookie draft is the best, was the best rookie. Like that's, that's awesome. We like that. But you you have to appreciate it for what it is. It's a nice story. It's a nice you know. It's a it's a um, you know kind of talks about something that we talk about, which is these guys perform randomly. It's great, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like you have to understand what the asset is. I think he's an upgrade asset, not a lateral one, right? So I don't necessarily love the Hopkins deal. Again, if this is in season and you give it for an elite producer like Adams, that's fine. I think this, this is a a backwards pivot, right? I think that you can't add to Hopkins and get into an elite tier. You can probably add to Mac Jones and do that as we've seen with some of these, right? I think you have to be really careful about going sideways off of a quarterback. And that's a great example of it. Even though we, we like Hopkins around here, you can do that deal differently. Mac Jones for Kittle and Dearness Johnson. And this one is one that I, like, I really like this pivot. Right. I like this pivot of, again, this is two PPR. Make the pivot up, right? Don't make the pivot. If you're going to sort of go off of quarterback, you have to kind of go up 
in aim. Add to it, add to Mac Jones, right? You know, the Parham for Johnson, you could it's even enough, right? That's they're partial contributors. It doesn't or or roster fighter, depending on how you think about it, it's probably partial contributors. Um you know, so it's, it is then essentially turns into being Mac in a second for Kittle. Like you do that, right? I mean, I think that that's a good a good play, right? That's much better in terms of going across position about how to do it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey for Hawkinson is twenty three, two PPR. You know, I like the McCaffrey side of that, uh, and I like the McCaffrey side of that because I think he's much more of a difference maker. I, I mean. I hate to use the word obviously, but he has been much more of a difference maker. I think he has that in his range of outcomes. He's by himself is really the biggest non uh, quarterback scoring difference maker that you can really feel. I don't think anyone else can match his ceiling. Uh, And I have questions about Hawkinson ceiling. I wonder if Hawkinson at, at, you know, tight end, what, six, seven, eight, something in that range is much different than tight end 15. Really, I mean, maybe it's it's slightly on the edges, but when you look at that, it's a pretty flat tier of the position, and there hasn't been a ton there to think that he's going to be a massive uptick guy. So that's um, really one of the concerns that I have there for him. All right, this next one I think is interesting, especially when you go from when you're looking at uh, where these guys came from. So it's Barkley. It, uh, it's a Barkley-McCaffrey trade which I think is like when you look back at it like they've been so closely tied together at, at different times you have to you you just you look back and say wow there's a gap between them now well it's Christian McCaffrey for uh, Saquon Barkley Tiami Brown in a second uh, again this is earlier we don't have where the second is but all of a sudden that is a like a, a not a significant difference, I wouldn't say. Like that's not there's not yeah. You know, Dammy Brown like is pretty forgettable in terms of a profile uh, after his rookie season and a second. Like again, not not super difference making in this class. Uh, you look at the difference between McCaffrey and Barkley. I think it's pretty wide at this point, right? So I think that's an interesting one in terms of like, hey, how do you pivot? Like we don't like to pivot by giving a ton at running back. This is a great way to pivot. <laughs> that's excessive killer, right? That's a great way to pivot. Um, I really, really like how that trade is structured in terms of making a pivot. If you're going to pivot at running back, make it look like that. And make it look like you're going to open up a lot more ceiling and you're not giving a ton in terms of ancillary assets. Javante Moore and Javante uh, Williams and Rondell Moore for Christian McCaffrey and Evans. Again, this is a just put Rondell Moore and Evans to a side for a second. I think uh, McCaffrey has a much higher ceiling um, and probably a higher floor than uh, Javante. I understand Javante is younger, uh, but again, over the next two to three year windows, right? That's going to really, I mean, that's really where you evaluate running backs. And then on the back end of, you know, three, four, five years out, that's, that's tough, tough to get right. It's tough to really have a, to weigh that, that heavily at that position. When you look at it, just especially when there's such a difference in a ceiling between McCaffrey and, and Javante Williams, I I just have to go that route on that side. I understand people have Javante Williams over McCaffrey. Um, you know, and does that trade go horribly wrong on the other side? Uh, I mean, uh, I it 
Maybe not, right? I mean, if he hits like some sort of median or something, like it's probably okay. But I still think you're getting trounced at a at a median for McCaffrey, even at at anything over that. Like you're really, you're re- I mean, you really need Javante Williams to play to a, a high outcome in his range of outcomes to not get absolutely bulldozed by a McCaffrey season. So that would sort of be my thought there. And then you you come back to it, and it's Evans over Rondell Moore pretty clearly to me. And so you're getting what I think are the two best guys at their positions in this trade. You know, you're get, I mean, you're getting the best running back and the best wide receiver. To me, that's an easy deal. Christian McCaffrey for Lamb. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey for A.J. Brown are the next two ones. Um. I, General AOD orthodoxy would tell you that at the same price, you take wide receiver over running back because it allows you to do later things, right? This is the closest they'll ever be um, in terms of draft costs, like all those things that I sort of regurgitate. I think McCaffrey is enough of a difference maker that that's not how you treat it. That would sort of be what I would say. And the other thing that I would say about that is like Again, we've I can harp on this ad nauseum, but the difference between wide receiver four and wide receiver ten is not that big. The wide the difference between wide receiver, you know, uh, five and wide receiver twenty, not that big. The difference between Christian McCaffrey and those two point, points, whether that's running back ten, running back twenty, that difference is enormous. It's enormous, and I just think the the opportunity cost of what you're giving up by going away from McCaffrey in that deal. It's just too big. It's just too big. And you know what? If 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 McCaffrey uh, fails, um, I, I don't think you've given up a cost that's going to be debilitating your fantasy team. But if McCaffrey succeeds, even at a you know even if it's something twenty percent less than what he did at his ceiling, that's this type of stuff that can drag you to a buy. Right? That can drag you to a championship. Um, I just think you you kind of need to embrace that side of it, and the downside, you know, the downside is maybe a win, right? I mean, a top it's a top five wide receiver, you know, if that's if that's what it turns out to be, right? If they pay off their costs, right? Maybe it's a, a couple of wins over the next couple of years, right, or something like that, you know. But uh, but uh, that's not something that's really going to get that far away from you. I think the McCaffrey side is just such a ceiling smashing proposition you take McCaffrey side on both of those deals another one I mean and and this is like I think you go McCaffrey shopping and and this is a way I really like going McCaffrey shopping McCaffrey uh for Hamler again it's probably more roster fraud than anything DJ Moore in a second right I really like that but again just think about this for a second how much different is Lamb than DJ Moore how much different is Lamb than uh, AJ Brown or AJ Brown than DJ Moore. Like you just look at these guys and it's, there's a big difference in terms of like their, their quote ADP. But I think when you, when you actually look at it and what you're projecting, it, it, it's a, it's a lot of nothing in terms of difference. Um, you know, and again, is it, is it a cap ceiling situation for more? Maybe, but they haven't proven that that's not for them either. Right. So that's the other thing that I would just sort of point to It's like, Hey, maybe it's, you know, I think you're, you're hoping it's not a cap ceiling situation and you're paying a lot more for that hope. Um, you know, between those, between more, uh, you know, being cheaper than both Brown and Lamb. Um, when you look at this, like, I really like this construct of a deal. You're not giving, you're giving ancillary pieces on top of a, 
um, on top of a, a core asset to get a star. Right? That's how you do these deals. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Um, okay, uh, another one here. Um, this is great. Um, Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and a second for Deshaun Watson. Like that's how you do a Watson deal, right? That's the 29th one. Um, I love that as a Watson deal. Um, and then uh, one more here for Watson, Michael Thomas and Devonta Smith for Watson. And I like Michael Thomas. I, I Devonta Smith's fine. You just think about, right, if, if both of those guys perform really well, um, that's helpful to your team. If, if Watson moves really well, it moves the needle <laughs> big time, right? And I think that you, you have to um, – that's a that's a risk worth taking. I don't think it's a risk that if you miss at that risk, it doesn't do right. You're not jumping out of a plane without a parachute, right? You're not, um, you know, with the with the hope that uh, you know you can sort of you can um, you know you can like air land or whatever they do that with you know with they get the bodysuits or whatever and it's not doing that and and you your parachute doesn't open right you've got if 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 you give away michael thomas and devonta smith there's no saying that they're going to be difference makers we don't know um what you know the thomas thing is and even if they are difference makers if thomas plays to a ceiling that might be a win right that might be you know and and you add devonta smith in there maybe it's a win and a half um, but that's kind of in a best case scenario, right? In a in a reasonable case scenario, I think a median scenario for Watson, he's going to post that, right? And and basically all you're doing is in, in investing in, um, you know, the hope that Watson comes back. So I really like that deal and taking the Watson side of that. And I think that's a good way to structure it, you know, and the the chance that you have some sort of debilitating um, loss in that deal, um, especially when you do it at wide receiver like that. I, I think it's uh, that's a risk that you have to be willing to take because then what are you going to look back in a couple years and regret doing? You're going to regret not having Watson right? that I that I held out on a couple of wide receivers. If you could, if that's the cost of getting a super max quarterback, you got to do it. Right? You got to do it. I think that's the price. That's the currency. Right. That's the the market. Um, the hole in the market that you can really exploit. I think it's that one. So, so that'll do it. That's 30 trades. Again, I don't know if I'm going to do 30 trades every week, but I do like the, you can look at, you know, a bunch of them in a row in terms of like different players and then sort of branch off of that. Maybe there's a sweet spot between 10 and 30 that will find 20 to 20 trades, uh, you know, 20 trades Thursday or something like that. Um, but I do like the, um, alliteration so we'll, we'll keep working on that but uh but yeah i hope this helps in terms of some strategic stuff again i'm really interested in like the constructs in terms of the bets we're making so we'll continue looking at this type of content until next time continue embracing the variance we'll talk again very soon